0: producing audio for every need and Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. Today I have with me Natalie Geza, a wonderful singer, a wonderful businesswoman, and I'm just so excited to have you here, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Greta. It's great to be here.
0: Okay, so I want to know a little bit about you. Tell me, how did you start being a musician? First of all, tell me, what, what do you do? I mean, tell, tell, well, tell our listeners. I, um,
1: I'm a guitar player. I'm a, I guess I would be in the genre of singer-songwriter. Um, I started, I actually was taught how to play guitar by the nuns in church. Wow. Uh, So I never took formal music lessons. um, Wow. Which is sometimes a blessing and a curse. (laughs) It's both. Uh, And, you know, they taught us three chords, uh, you know, two majors and a minor to hit the to hit the the sucker punch. Right. (laughs) Uh, And I I just took it from there. I pretty much self-taught. Wow. But I didn't really um, I only played for my own enjoyment, for my friend's enjoyment until I was about, let's see, 40-something. When I moved back uh, to, to the Chicago area in 2012 is when I seriously started to
0: study songwriting and, and playing wow. live. That's fantastic, that's fantastic. So, um, so you, you got started with the nuns. I think that is just fantastic. That is a fantastic story. It's really, uh, how old were you, do you think, when you first started?
1: I was probably in 4th grade. I can I can remember the guitar I got cuz it was really this busted up uh thing. And it's funny because, you know, in in music you you meet people who are gearheads who have owned 50 guitars and can tell yeah. you every single thing about when it was built and and I've never been like that and uh <laughs> You know, I, I one of my personal heroes, songwriting heroes, is Kurt Cobain, and a lot of Nevermind, the classic Nirvana record, was written on a guitar he got at Woolworth. So. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, if you got it, you got it. It doesn't matter how expensive your instrument is or anything. That's fantastic. So, so what are you doing these days? How are you well, uh, using your music? Well,
1: these days, well, when I came back in 2012, I started to take songwriting lessons at the Old Town School of Folk Music, which is kind of ironic. My mother was pretty much the same age as me when she went to the Old Town School of Folk wow. Music in Chicago to take jazz vocals. She always played just like me. She always sang, but she never really took lessons. And she uh, did that when she was in her 40s too, and then wow. actually created a career you know, out of that. Uh, and she's 80 years old. So I did that wow. also, and that kind of opened up a whole creative community to me. Um, so I started to take these songwriting classes, and I made a record, I think the first one was in 2015, uh, I have three records that I made, um, like full-length albums, yeah. uh, one in 2015, and then one in 20, Once it's kind of addictive, once you start doing that, oh, yes, do it, it, it is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then one, I think the following, like a year and a half later, and then an actual vinyl record two years ago. Wow. Um, So now, nowadays I have kind of slowed down from the actual recording process. I'm really concentrating more on um, my songwriting and not thinking that, you know, I need to finish a song in a week and like really letting stuff lie around for months at a time and yeah and kind of
0: it. yeah kind of thinking on it and and improving it and yes yeah that's 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 an important part of the process
1: it is you know yeah. i think at first um it's like uh, when you learn how to ride a bike you're like oh wow look at what i'm doing right. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and then you kind of slow down and think okay well i know how to ride that bike but maybe right. i could get actually better at this yeah you
0: know? yeah yeah that's great so you mentioned your mom so tell us about your mother
1: well, my mother, um, she has a well. I don't know if it's a quartet. She she has played um, at the same venue, the Quest in Northwest Indiana, for twenty years, and that place just closed down. Wow! Uh, but she has played um, everywhere in Chicago, and um, she is, you know, really, really a working. Musician. It's funny, we have like um, this. My brother a, is a professional stand up comedian in my family. Oh, wow. We sort of have this, um, we support each other, but we're also competitive in a lot. You know, my mother will always ask me, How much did you get paid for that gig? And I'm like, I'm not telling you how much because sometimes I do things for free, you know, and, and she has a tendency to make a little bit more money than I do <laughs> as far as performing goes. Yes. But uh, she's also with a different. Um,
0: age group too you know yeah. like
1: she's appealing to a different uh, Yeah, and she's doing a different audience. genre exactly. of
0: music yeah I uh I went to her website and for our listeners uh her mother's name is Marilyn Geza and it's M-A-R-A-L-Y-N um and she's a wonderful jazz singer so check her out check her out really really just a pro you can just tell yeah. just the way she moves and everything about the way she sings, she's a pro. She's been around doing it for a long time.
1: Yeah, she she loves, I mean, one of my earliest memories, um, childhood memories, actually, is my mother's, uh, I was lucky. I, my mother had, you know, Dinah Washington, Nat King Cole, all these records. Mm-hmm. So right away... I was very fortunate that from a very young age, I was hearing that. And then I, uh, a friend of hers was into, you know, Ellen Parsons project, Joni Mitchell, mm-hmm. all these, these things that most, you know, eight year olds are not listening right. to. So right. I was actually pretty lucky because I, my musical palette as far as appreciating music crossed a lot of genres.
0: Yeah. And, and when you hear, a variety of music at an early age it does inform your palate, as you said. But it also, when you are a musician, it informs your personal style. You don't realize that it is, yes. but it does. It does, and it's it's really it's really great. So you have done. I, I saw on your website that you've done some things at the Acorn Theater, or you were supposed to this summer. Was that was that you what know, was happening?
1: We, we did. Um, my band has played there a couple times. We did a Sandra Thompson's birthday party with my. I have a a, a David Bowie all female Americana tribute band Wow. called Lady Stardust, and wow. Lady Stardust has played there. Um, That's great. So, yeah, we've played there a few times. We've played at House of Blues. We played, uh, I've played a lot of places in Chicago, but like whenever I've traveled, I've also made it a point to play somewhere. Like I've played in Martinique, uh, Panhandle of Florida. Um, and people say, how do you get these gigs? I had, I had gigs actually in Japan before the COVID shutdown. I was mm-hmm. supposed to be there in April mm-hmm. and I said, you know, there's not a lot of mystery to it. I mm-hmm. send out an email, that's I right. send them links to things and that's you know, right. that's it, right. it's not as hard as it, as it may appear to be. I think that's a daunting thing when people are starting out, how do I get gigs? And believe me, if you're willing to play for either passing the hat or just to sell mm-hmm. your stuff, you will find venues. Yeah." Or well, at
0: least used to be able to. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, before COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that is the epitome of the business savvy singer. That's what this is all about. Singers that make their way in business. Yes. You know, you've got to, you know, understand what it is that you have, what you're offering, what kind of venues would like what you're offering, what kind of uh, people would like what you're offering. You have to figure out how to reach out to those people and make it work and you know that's a wonderful thing when you're going to be traveling on vacation or maybe just wanting to go and see a friend somewhere You figure out how to work that place and you can go for free you can earn the money to be able to get there to stay there to you know to get back home and it's it's a cool thing and then maybe even come home with some money in your pocket so you can't beat that
1: yeah we um You know, some of the best advice I got, I I would get discouraged when, especially if you're playing like coffee houses and stuff, when when a lot of people don't show up. And um, this songwriter from England told me this story and he said that he he was at a, he was playing somewhere in in Long Island and two people were in the audience. And at first he's like, oh, two people. He said, but you know what, I gave it my all. I acted as if a million people were Mm -hmm. there. And when, um, when, when, when his set ended, one of them came up to him, and it was the people from the Newport Jazz Festival. He ended up playing it. Mm-hmm. So you never know. I mean, that's right. You never know who's who's listening to your music, and there's kind of that like fine. Um, there's like a, a a very delicate dance, I think, of being authentic, but also wanting you know pushing because you want people to hear right. your music you that's know right without it like sometimes it's very uncomfortable for me because the self-promotion aspect of it but if you don't do it
0: no, no one will no one's going to do it <laughs> that's no, right
1: no so you just have to find something that's comfortable for you where you're not um where you're not like pushing yourself too much i think that's what's good about traveling though because when you're in a musical community there's only seven days in a week and right. You're with hundreds of people where everyone's kind of vying, you know, right. to get people to show up to their gigs. So that's right. another thing I learned too: is like, it's okay to not play that often. You know what I mean? It's like let people want to come
0: see you. That's absolutely right. Yeah, supply and demand. Yeah. Yep, that's absolutely right. Well, that's exciting. You've done some some very cool things, and you and you have a very good sense of uh, how to do it, and and what you should be doing in terms of of getting gigs and building your reputation. You know, um, something that that I have always found to be true is that uh, when you were saying working in one geographic area, there are only so many venues. There are only so many times that that people are gonna come out and see you no Mm -hmm. matter how much they love you. Right. So when you're able to go to different markets, now you can cultivate new audiences.
1: Yes, and and like you said, you know, you meet people, when we played, we, were, we just happened to be camping in the Florida Panhandle uh, five years ago, maybe, and I was going to these yoga classes, and I noticed that there was a little coffee-type juice bar attached to it, and I said to the, the owner, I'm like, you know what, would you mind if I just, I said, you don't have to pay me anything. I just want to come one night, and I'll just play some music. And again, like, like the last story, right, about the Newport Festival, there was someone there, He just happened to be taking a yoga class, too. And he's like, oh, you guys are pretty good. I said, well, it's just the drummer and I, you know, we were just, you know, she had a little cajon and I was doing my guitar stuff. And he said, you know, I know people in Apalachicola. I... Anyway, long story short, we ended up staying with these people the following year. They invited us, we were on their boat, We had, <laughs> and they lined up other gigs for us, too. Yeah. So, it, it yeah. yeah, you know, it's like part of it is you can't lose that passion just to play. Right. You know, or just to sing or just to do whatever it is. Like, That's you're right. willing to do it anywhere.
0: That's right. No matter what. That's absolutely right. And people will help you. If people like what you're doing... Yeah they will help you, you know, mm-hmm. they, they will become ambassadors for you. So I have a funny
1: story for you um, okay. i we were in this kind of post-punk uh, band called the 357s really fun music kind of like Bauhaus meets the B-52s <laughs> and I played bass in it and uh, I was going to New York to visit a friend of mine and just for the heck of it this this is ha- I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me because when people say like how do you do this I said I'm a gambler. I just put myself out there, mm-hmm. you know, because, and I even tell, I'm a teacher, I tell my students, I always ask because the worst that can happen is either ignore it or no. That's you know, right. that's it. That's right. So I had a, um, a list. I, I found all these independent record companies based in New York, and I sent out a link to one of our music videos, and I, I did it like to 20 people, you know, and this guy wrote me back, <laughs> and he said, you know what? I get hundreds of these a day. He said, but you just so happened to that email came up while I was making dinner and I thought, wow. you know what, I'm gonna put this on. That's great. And I kind of like the song. So, you know, he met, we didn't get a record deal, but he met us. Yeah. He met with us and he too gave us good advice because, um, you know, we were playing at things like a laundromat or something and he said, you know what,
0: play everywhere. Yep. You play never know who's listening. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that is absolutely right. Good advice. Good advice. Yeah, you know, you've just got to get out there, let people hear what you're doing, do not hide your light under a bushel. No,
1: and then also, like, what I'm doing right now is getting familiar with how to really get stuff uh, exposed online. And, I, you know, I think uh, 14-year-olds probably could teach me that. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But, like, you know, how how you tag things matters. I mean, I was just... I've had videos where I might have maybe only a hundred people and then if I tag something properly like this just happened to me last month I had like 5,000 views and yeah and I don't even really know what I did but yep. I'm but it, it it's it's good to to actually devote some time to learning how to do that because absolutely especially now in the shutdown because there there are people there's a big audience even for live stuff right now
0: yeah through you're the right internet. You're right. Well, the privatemusicstudio.net does offer courses in that very thing, oh. um, how to develop your social media strategy. So, you know, it's yeah, it's very important because mm-hmm. you can reach people all over the world. It's yes. it's uh, a vast marketplace. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Please let us know how people can hear your music. Oh,
1: please go to nataliegaza.com. N-a-t-a-l-i-e-g-a-z-a dot com and uh where i'm on soundcloud um youtube and my website has a lot of links for the videos and wonderful um, for uh both my music and then for the other my crazy post-punk band that,
0: <laughs> that <laughs> that's I'm great in. that's great well thank you so much for being with us this thank has been you delightful. very much all take Thanks. care the business savvy singer podcast is brought to you by the private music Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer.